You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into the Locked On SEC Podcast. Today's show brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. Today on the show, we will continue our SEC West week-long preview leading up to game week. We will go out to the plains of Auburn today, talk with Jason Campbell, the former very successful Auburn quarterback, spent a long time in the NFL as well. We'll preview all things Auburn. Can Bo Nix take his game to the next level after winning SEC Freshman of the Year and get the Auburn Tigers right there alongside Alabama and the rest in the West? Talk about that with Jason Campbell. Also, we will catch up with Jim Dunaway from Jocks FM in Birmingham. Talk all things Alabama Crimson Tide with him. The Tide seem to be loaded. Will anyone get in their way this year? We'll discuss that with Jim. And then also, it is Wednesday of game week. That means the SEC coaches are talking to the media, having their SEC teleconference. And so we will debut a new segment there where we'll hear from the SEC coaches. Just a couple of tidbits from around the league before we get started. Two guys waiting for Greg Sankey to make a decision. Cade Mays from Tennessee and Joey Gatewood from Kentucky. Both those guys have received approval from the NCAA on immediate eligibility. Still waiting for SEC approval from Commissioner Greg Sankey. Mark Stoops said today, I'm optimistic that Joey will be cleared for Kentucky. And Jeremy Pruitt said, I guess we'll just get on the plane when asked about uh, waiting for a ruling on Cade Mays being cleared to play against South Carolina on this Saturday. So just two guys of note that we'll have to keep an eye on and see if either will play this weekend. But let's debut our new segment. Let's go around the SEC with the SEC coaches. SEC coaches. Love it. First up, let's hear from Kirby Smart talking about Kendall Bryles, new Arkansas offensive coordinator, and the challenge he poses. As far as Coach Bryles, you know, I've always had respect and and watched uh, everywhere he's been um, as an offensive-minded coach. Uh, he creates a lot of issues. Uh, it's 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 like constant pressure because there's never a breather. You know, it's uh, they talk about it being warp speed, but it is it's it's that constant pressure of number one balls vertical down the field spacing of the field making you play the full 53 yards and the tempo with which they do it uh it, it's it's tough to defend especially when you talk to other people that have had to defend it he'll be taking on sam Pittman, who was his former o-line coach now head coach at arkansas sam Pittman got to be a little weird playing georgia week one we obviously drew a great opponent in the university of georgia well coached uh, hard play and physical football team that's very very talented and uh, not in my wildest dreams that I believe that we would start uh, with the University of Georgia since I had just come from there but we are excited about it and uh, we've had uh, a really good uh, practices up to this point. South Carolina and Tennessee coming up Saturday night. Jeremy Pruitt versus Will Muschamp. A lot of talk about their quarterbacks. First up, here's Will Muschamp on his new quarterback, Colin Hill. Well, I think more than anything, Steve, just consistency. Uh, He's been very consistent from day one. Uh, Really, when we started back in uh, July with the walkthroughs and things that we were able to do. Uh, But just overall consistency. Uh, We've had a lot of explosive plays. He makes good decisions at the position with the ball. 
but I think consistency would be would be, would be the number one thing. What about on the flip side, Jared Garantano? Here's Jeremy Pruitt. No, I think I think Jared uh, over the course of last year has has really continued to develop uh, his game uh, on and off the field. Uh, again, I've said this numerous times: the fact that we have or he has the same offensive coordinator, the same quarterback coach around him. Uh, I think with anybody, it's gonna it's gonna help you develop confidence, uh, the familiarity with what's going on. So. You know, he's had a good camp, and I'll be excited to watch him play Saturday. Nick Saban at Alabama probably going to steamroll Eli Drinkwitz in his debut at Missouri. What's your impressions of Coach Drinkwitz, Coach Saban? comes mostly from observing his teams, especially Appalachian State, who, you know, we did a lot of, you know, work on relative to what they might be doing at Missouri. Uh, And, um... You know, I think he's a really good coach. His team certainly executed, played well, lots of discipline, and, you know, go out and do things the way that, um, you know, we would hope that our team could do. So we have a lot of respect for him, and uh, I think he's a very bright guy, and uh, I think he'll he'll do well in uh, his program at Missouri. Derek Mason at Vandy getting ready for Texas A&M, and the Aggies are heavy favorites. Derek Mason, what kind of challenge does A&M pose? veteran uh, roster. I mean, as I look at their their guys, uh, it starts with Kellen Mond, no doubt, but uh, this conference is a line of scrimmage conference, and they got, you know, four seniors up front. So I, I think, you know, when you look at, you know, where they've been, you know, Kellen Mond has grown with that offensive line, and they've got, you know, experience at running back, and they've got experience at tight end. I, I think offensively, man, they have enough pieces uh, that, that have been together where now uh, it, it, it's you're going to start seeing some of that experience start to pay off. I mean, they're a good football team. They're well coached, and uh, it's year three. And when you got a group that's been together like that, uh, you're, you're going to you're going to see good football. What about Jimbo Fisher? What challenge does Vandy pose? Uh, looking forward to it. Got a great opponent to play in Vanderbilt. Uh, like I say, they're a very well coached football team. Very strong. Very physical. Play very hard in all three phases. Uh, defensively, very multiple. Great leverage on the ball. Mix up coverages. Mix up fronts. Blitzes. Things offensively. It will be a very diverse group with RPOs. and can do anything. Todd has been around a long time, does a really good job of distributing the ball in different people. Special teams play very hard. You know, Coach Mason's done a great job with those guys and how they play the way they play. So it's going to be a very challenging game. Uh, we need to play very well, and uh, it's going to be great to get out and, and get a game going. So looking forward to it, and uh, hopefully have some good practice the rest of the week. CBS Game of the Week, Mississippi State at LSU. Coach O., reigning national champion, talking about Mike Leach. Every coach has some patterns, you know, different formations, uh, what he likes to do, what he likes to call, kind of sort of his DNA. But, you know, we've been watching a lot of Washington State film, obviously, but then you got to watch Mississippi State film for personnel. So it kind of gets confusing for the kids, you know, uh, watching Washington State play Mississippi State. But that's part of the first game. Then you got to watch San Diego State defense that's going to play in Mississippi State personnel. So you got to mix and match. Just like any first game, there will be adjustments. Uh, I trust our coaches that we're going to make adjustments. There will be new plays. There will be new defenses. There will be new formations. We just got to make adjustments. And last but not least, we save the best for last, it's Mississippi State coach Mike Leach sharing his lasting memory of going into Tiger Stadium many years ago. Where does Tiger Stadium rank among the stadiums in your mind, Mike Leach? Uh, and I think 
still, as far as on the road, that type of thing, maybe the best uh, game day environment as far as traveling to it. The fairgrounds was all filled up. Uh, you know, there were little old ladies with their grandchildren flipping off our bus. The, uh, as you get closer, they start rocking your bus. And you know, then the history and tradition of that stadium, no, it's utterly outstanding. I looked up there and I went by the Tiger, made sure somebody else was closer to the Tiger than me so that if the Tiger escaped, that he beat that guy before he got to me. It was, no, it's a fantastic place. And there you have it. That's our SEC coaches sounding off ahead of game week. I'm excited, man. We are just a couple of days from uh, kicking off this this uh, season, SEC season. And bad news with a couple more games looking like they are not going to happen this weekend. Since like uh, Houston was finally supposed to play their opener against North Texas. Their sideline, we've heard about Notre Dame. We've heard about South Florida. So, fingers crossed, man. Here's hoping the SEC continues to do this thing right with testing at the levels that they are and putting in the protocols that they are and that we have a successful SEC football season. Coming up next, our conversation with Auburn quarterback Jason Campbell. What to expect from the Auburn Tigers this year and Bo Nix, reigning SEC Freshman of the Year. A quick minute here for our friends at Built Bar. They are the best tasting protein bar ever. I know a lot of those protein bars out there you get at health stores. They look good, and once you open them, they have that gross, chalky taste, and you end up taking a couple bites and throwing them away. That is not the case with Built Bar. They have got 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones. My favorite, the cookies and cream. It is so good, you don't even realize what you're eating is actually good for you. You can grab one after a workout, or look, if you're just looking to lose or maintain your weight, try to get away from some of those fast foods, this could be a great option for you if you're looking to go down that path. Built Bars are low in calories, low in sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And just head to BuiltBar.com. You want to use the promo code Locked On. you will get $10 off your next order, but you have to use the promo code Locked On. You get $10 off, and you'll be on your way to eating better, feeling better as you get ready for this SEC football season at BuiltBar.com. Two-receiver bunch set on the near side. On first down, toss it to Carnell, hand it off to Taylor, flip it back to Campbell. He's got a man open downfield, Robert Chanel at the 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10. Goodbye! Touchdown! Oh, my goodness! Campbell to Romishanu. Touchdown, Tigers! 67 yards. A little razzle-dazzle. Oh, yeah. Auburn fans love to hear that sound as Jason Campbell with a little flea flicker action 16 years ago. My gosh, how quick does time go by? But the guy who was the uh, 2004 SEC Championship Game MVP leading Auburn to one of their best seasons ever. Jason Campbell joins us now here on the Locked on SEC podcast. Jason, what's going on, man? Hey, guys, I'm doing good. I can't complain. Uh, you know, it's great weather right now, and uh, all thing I can complain about is my golf game yesterday. Oh, man, my chip <laughs> game was horrible. But uh, but, yeah, but I did make a 40-foot putt, so I was happy about that. Look at you. Still still killing it out there. Does it? You hear that audio from 16 years ago. Does it feel like it's been that long? Oh, it does not. I'll tell you, time flies. I was uh, I have nephews that are pretty young, and they're active now in the ball. And I can just remember when they was kids and then just hearing, you know, Rob make that call right there and, and everything and hearing his voice and, you know, working with him over the last couple of years before the, the accident. 
you know, it just brought back a bunch of memories. And uh, it just goes to show you, man, enjoy your Enjoy it while you can. I tell these guys all the time, man, you can't play ball forever. So while you got that opportunity to compete, enjoy it. And uh, it definitely doesn't feel that long. I know you're still staying active talking Auburn football, amongst other things, part of the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, what's it like being on this side, being a, an analyst and watching games and giving your thoughts on what you see as opposed to your playing days? You know, I actually enjoy it. Uh, I really do. You know, I've met some really good people in this business. And uh, like I said, a lot of them have covered me over the years. And then now being an analyst and, and being able to dissect the game from a, from a different view, you know, rather than being on the field and being in the game, you know, you get a chance to see it at another level. And, uh, you know, I respect all the reporters and everything that they do. And uh, it, it does, you know, it does help by me playing a little bit because I can kind of ask some of the questions of certain guys and they can kind of relate. And uh, from that standpoint, uh, where I'm coming from, but then there's other things I learned from, like as as an analyst, it's like how other reporters see it from a different angle, and they ask questions from from a whole another side, and that what makes this thing unique, and that was that what makes it fun for me. And um, no, I've, I've been enjoying it, man. I've, this has been a blast. When you think back to your playing days, and you know having the full. You know, fall or, or spring ball with the spring game, and then you know coming back for for fall camp and gearing up for the season. Seeing how this season has been derailed for a lot of guys, and yeah. you know, been very different. How, how do you imagine you would have handled all this with not having the full complement of uh, you know off season uh, practices and everything else? Yeah, the thing that made it super tough uh, about this off season was the fact that, of course, you know, we had coronavirus, and that's the reason all, a lot of this, you know, a lot of fans and things are not in the stands, but. The main thing is not being able to work out with your guy on a day-to-day basis during the spring and during the summer. And you see it in the NFL right now. In the NFL, there's a ton of injuries right now because those guys weren't able to train with trainers. They weren't able to, to get together and do a lot of football activities during OTAs and, and mini camps. And this thing you know there's no preseason. All of a sudden, the season is upon you. Your first real hard action is game light. And – you know, you're seeing injuries just left and right. There were seven ACL injuries, you know, this past this past weekend, and uh, you know that was that was tremendous. And then you look at then you look at another aspect of you look at another aspect of um, you know guys just doing certain things as far as you know taking care of your bodies, you know how to take care of your bodies and everything, and how to do things and uh, and everything. Guys, I got Shaquille O'Neal looking at me right in the face real quick. Let me speak to him. Say hello for you. For, for you get me. Hey, Shaq, how you doing? Yeah, Jason Campbell. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm doing a little phone, radio phone interview. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll speak to you in a second. Yes, sir. Wow. There you go. It didn't get any better than catching up with Shaq in the middle of an interview with uh, with talking with Jason Campbell. Uh, you'll have to ask uh, all right, is that? You'll have to ask Shaq what he thinks about those LSU Tigers uh, reigning national champions and, and their chances coming back this year. Uh, let me get your thoughts on, on Bo Nix, the reigning SEC freshman of the year. Uh, bringing back his complement of receivers with Stove and Williams and, and Schwartz, what can we expect out of him in year two with Chad Morris now helping him? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Bo had learned a lot last year playing in a huge, huge, uh, you know, crowd last year in Florida and in LSU and, and playing that tough of a schedule. You know, I think it doesn't get any more difficult than that. So I think for him having that opportunity to now get a chance to play, get a chance to play in a second year, and now you get a coach like, you know, Chad Morris who has so much experience and, you know, a guy who can do so many different things and can, uh, you know, who's been at Clemson, who's had, you know, the – 
Deshaun and who's had, you know, guys that put up crazy numbers. And, uh, you know, he loves his big receivers and everything. So I can see him definitely, definitely doing that this year, getting our tight ends more involved in the offense and, uh, you know, helping Auburn, Auburn being explosive. And I think that helps both because, you know, things that goes on, things playing that quarterback position, anytime you have a running game, and with us getting tank busy, the number one running back in the state of Georgia this year at the recruit, along with DJ Williams and, you know, and Harold and Shivers, you know, we're loaded in the backfield. I think that takes a lot of pressure off him because as a defense, you have to respect those guys. What's your level of concern with the O line? I know they lose some they lose some names up there, but when I look up and down I see a lot of juniors, you know, maybe guys who didn't have uh, a lot of the playing time, but guys who have been in there in the system and been coached up and, and ready to get their chance to shine. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, the same way on defense for us. You know, a lot of these guys are first-year starters, but it's not like they don't have any experience. You know, they've had an opportunity to get a lot of game action um, over the last year or two. And some of these guys are juniors. You know, some of them may be an upcoming senior, but for the aspect that these guys are have, have experience, it's just something you can't teach. You know, it gives them an edge. And I think, you know, they they feel like, hey, you know, we got something we want to prove. And it's all about the offensive line. This guy's just coming together as a unit. You know, that's not a, a individual position. So, you know, the the quick, the best thing about it is our center, Brom, he's coming back. And uh, having Brom back and those guys surrounding him, he can kind of keep the core together. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how these guys jail. Of course, it's not going to come together as quick as we all want it to because there was no spring game. You know, everything has just been basically scrimmaging and, and everything. But to be in a real live game is a totally different aspect. So we'll, we'll see how fast these guys can come together and get things rolling. I know Coach Malzahn just said that uh, Jalen Simpson won the the number two cornerback spot. But does it start with K.J. Britt and Big Cat Bryant as the two big names to watch on the defensive side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are definitely two big names. Uh, also, Christian Tuck, you know, a guy that started for us at Nickel last year. Uh, he's a guy, you know, Smoke Monday, be a guy back in the secondary uh, trying to help make plays. But those are, are some of the big name guys. KJ Britt is the leader. He's the heart and soul of that defense. He's a guy that makes everything go. But uh, even though the corners and all those guys, those guys have experience. You know, a lot of those guys got a chance to play last year, a uh, few of them in the bowl game. So, you know, Anytime you have your main leader, though, which is KJ, you know, he's the guy that's going to kind of get these guys lined up in the right places, making sure the blitzes are where they're supposed to be and, and make sure the guys are doing all the things they need to do. So, you know, it, it pays to have a guy like him, an all-SEC linebacker, you know, making all the shots uh, and calls on the field. Last thing for you, Jason, the Auburn Tigers taking on Kentucky this weekend. It's the 11 a.m. SEC Network game. I tend to think this game could really set the tone for the season because you get Georgia in week two. Look, no rest for the weary playing 10 SEC games. But, man, if they can beat Kentucky, they send a message, hey, we're here, we're ready to go. If they lose this game, man, it could really set the table for, I don't know, maybe a handful of losses down the stretch of the season. So I feel like this game on Saturday is really important. Yeah, it's a critical game for us. Uh, like I said, you know, it's the first time playing the All-SEC schedule, but Kentucky is a, it's a good team. You know, Eddie Grant is the offense coordinator there. Got to coach the running back when I was there at Auburn. So, you know, he knows all about, you know, how Auburn football is. And uh, and for them, I, I do think they're going to try to challenge us running the football, uh, try to keep our offense off the field from being having a chance to do so many explosive plays and try to help their defense out a little bit. So, you know, but we also got to be ready for their big plays. Uh, you know, the quarterback position, they have two guys that could particularly 
you know, with Wilson and, and, you know, the guy that left Auburn and, and transferred there, you know, in Gatewood, you know, it's another, it's another element that adds to their offense. We're not sure Gatewood's going to be available to play yet. Um, we haven't heard anything from the NCAA, but, you know, the other kid, you know, he's a really good kid too, and he can really throw the football, he can run the football, and he's athletic. So it's going to be uh, uh, definitely a challenge, uh, open a week for us, but if we win this game, it definitely sets us up for a big, huge game in Athens. Well, and there's a quote-unquote gentleman's agreement, if you believe that, on uh, Joey Gatewood not playing in this game because <laughs> Auburn's letting him transfer to Kentucky. We'll see what happens with that. He is Jason Campbell, uh, host of Believe in Everything Auburn, part of the uh, Believe Podcast Network. Jason, thanks so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, tell Shaq we said hi. All right, I will. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> thanks a lot, man. That's Jason Campbell, former uh, Auburn quarterback and uh, just a really good guy who – Man, you you wish that Auburn team could have played for the championship. You remember that 4 season? It was all about Oklahoma and USC and, you know, all those teams. But Auburn runs the table, and, you know, there was all that talk that Tommy Tupperville bought, bought the team rings because he said, well, we should have been national champions. And th- it feels like that was the last time 16 years ago that the SEC was disrespected. Ever since then, the SEC has gotten the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the BCS, when it comes to – you know, the college football playoff seems like the uh, SEC has always gotten the benefit of the doubt, and rightfully so. It's where the big boys come to play. This is Locked On SEC. More to come. Locked On SEC podcast rolling on here this week as we continue previewing the SEC West, counting down to kickoff this coming Saturday. And today... We're previewing all things Alabama with our buddy Jim Dunaway, part of the Jocks Roundtable on Jocks FM in Birmingham. And Jim, I just got to ask you, man, what has this week felt like for you guys? I mean, does it feel like it's game week yet? It still doesn't feel real, to be honest with you, because I'm watching the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, hockey. I just saw the U.S. Open. My internal sports clock is telling me it's spring and summer and Father's Day, but yet there's football on, too. I'm totally confused. I'm loving it, and if we can get to this weekend without any cancellations, it'll be a great, great thing. And I know Alabama fans are excited because they think they've got a heck of a team. Yeah, it's it's crazy when you look at what, you know, one, what they bring back. I mean, there were a couple surprises this offseason. You know, Alex Leatherwood, I thought, would have gone to the draft. Devontae Smith, I thought, would have gone to the draft. And, you know, maybe even outside chance Dylan Moses missing all last year. He could have just went pro. I, do you think maybe part of it was they looked at what LSU, you know, LSU wins the national championship. They do beat them in their house. But maybe looking at them, okay, they're losing a lot. You know, other teams are losing a lot. If we all come back, we can we can be the best team in the West, and it looks that way this year. A hundred percent. And the conversations I've had with the players throughout this entire lead-up to the season, this extended camp, almost to a man, every person you name that has come back has said, I came back because I didn't want to end it the way we ended it. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And they're like, well, 11-2. and two. That's not the way you go out at Alabama, 11-2, and two, and no SEC championship, no national championship. So these guys are back on a mission, and I know 11-2 and two sounds crazy to the rest of the country as a down season, but Devontae Smith and Leatherwood and specifically Najee Harris have all pointed to losing to Auburn, losing to LSU, and ended with a win in, with, against Michigan in the Citrus Bowl as a major reason they said the NFL can wait. We want one more year. 
There's been a lot of talk, Jim, of, you know, I, I was doing my quarterback rankings this week, and, you know, there's a lot of hype on Kyle Trask. There's a lot of hype on Bo Nix, you know, and other quarterbacks around this league. And it's almost like Mac Jones is the afterthought. We go, oh, yeah, Mac Jones. Yeah, he, he's up there somewhere. Um, is he a guy who may just prove a lot of critics wrong? Because I thought he had some really good numbers in a small sample size last year. And, yeah, the two pick sixes against in the Iron Bowl get magnified. But, man, he kept them in the game. And, he made some really good throws down the stretch. Are we not respecting Mac Jones enough right now? Well, 100%. If you if you take away, and you can't do this, especially with quarterbacks, you take away two pick sixes, and he did everything in the Iron Bowl that you wanted a young quarterback to do in one of the more hostile situations. A bad drive, he picks Alabama up and leads them back into the game twice after those pick sixes. And he's in a situation much like A.J. McCarron was for many of, his, many of his time in Tuscaloosa. The talent around him is just, you know, a ton of NFL talent. A great offensive line, two future NFL wide receivers, possibly first-round guys again, a NFL running back in Najee Harris who can catch the ball. So he doesn't have to be a playmaker. The offense doesn't have to go through him like it did with Tua Tungvaloa. I'm not calling him a game manager but if he wanted to manage a game, he has the talent around him to do that and rely on a running game and some speedy receivers to just throw the ball short and let them run. <laughs> Jim, I thought the thing that stood out to me that was most shocking last year was just how how bad the secondary was. I mean, I'm, we're not used to seeing an Alabama team give up that many yards through the air and, and that many points. Give me a reason for optimism this year if there is one with the secondary. Well, I'll start by the fact that the linebackers are back whole again, and that will allow them to uh, not only play the run better, which frees up that star position, maybe can sit back and help the secondary, but also can allow them to turn up the heat and put a little bit more pressure on the quarterback, which takes down your coverage time. But you're right. Uh, once again, the secondary, and it's hard to say this about Nick Saban because he and Kirby Smart for years just was spitting out NFL secondary players and it finally caught up with them and they are counting on you know some young people josh job has talent but he's not proven uh they're counting on jordan battle being a young guy securing a spot back there that frees up patrick sertan to just lock down one side of the field so that is if you're asking me a question mark that is the question mark in this team can the secondary be better and i think up front the front seven will help that back group end up putting up better numbers I know we've got some really good punters in the SEC this year, but I got to feel like if you're an opposing team playing Alabama, there ain't no way in hell I'm putting the ball in number 17 Jalen Waddle's hands this year. Uh, is that the approach if you're playing Alabama? Do not even kick it to that guy? Yeah, he's going to be on kickoffs and punt returns. So they're going to try to get the ball in his hands at receiver, reverses, maybe some wildcat, uh, may line him up in the uh, the pistol right behind the quarterback. They're going to try to get the ball to him, but his automatic easy access is on a kick. And that's with open field. And you saw it happen in the Iron Bowl. You saw it happen a couple of times last year. Jalen Waddle can beat you in space. I would not kick it to him. Uh, but Alabama, I'm looking forward to seeing how many ways they get the ball to him. And my radio partner, Lance Taylor, has him as one of the four guys in New York, if we ever have a Heisman show, 
one of the four guys in New York for the Heisman. He thinks he'll have that kind of an impact. Wow. Uh, I, I do like how the schedule sets up for Alabama. You know, look, you get uh, you get Georgia, with, you know, in a year where they've got questions at quarterback now. You, you know, you get ta- Texas A&M early in the year before maybe they get going. But you open with Missouri, and, I mean, I keep looking at these betting lines this weekend, Jim, and I'm like, I don't know if that's enough points just after hearing the guys that are going to miss for Missouri this week everything new a new coaching staff and, and, and everything i just feel like they are fresh meat for alabama this weekend yeah not only are they limited scholarship wise at 69 but alabama is going to have a really um urgency to try a lot of players so that may keep it close to the number um the question becomes if if mac is your starting quarterback bryce young is a superstar recruit being compared to kyla murray so how deep into the game before you see Bryce Young at quarterback and the young linebacker Will Anderson has won a starting job he's another freshman superstar on this team but they want to get these young guys some seat time before Texas A&M challenges them so the the Nick Saban way of doing things usually is you play an entire uh, first half with your starters regardless of score and the first drive of the third quarter so get your points in and then watch this second team and third team come in and finish things up in Columbia. That would be the plan. Any repercussions of Scott Cochran leaving? I mean, I'm not expecting these guys. Oh, suddenly they have no strength anymore and all these guys are weak. But anything lost in Cochran leaving for Georgia? No, in fact, they have spun this to be a change that they were sort of pushing towards. Um, so many injuries the last couple of camps leading into a season, including last year when you lose Dylan Moses and the hot shot running back prospect and Trey Sanders, they don't even make it on the field because of camp injuries. And you got down to where you're having to start two freshman linebackers because of injuries you had before even game one. And a lot of that the last two years have been pointed towards the, the way Scott Cochran was handling offseason training, stacking muscle on top of muscle on top of muscle. Alabama went out and hired two guys to replace him. They open a big sports medicine facility inside the foot com- football complex, which is state-of-the-art. You don't find that even in the NFL. People are traveling from all over the country to take a look at this sports medicine facility right inside the football building, and they have now gone about a whole complete health of the body, the entire body, and not the old training of stacking muscle on top of muscle. So you'll see a leaner, faster Alabama team than you've seen in the last few years. Talking with Jim Dunaway of the Jocks Roundtable on Jocks FM in Birmingham. You mentioned Lance Taylor's pick for the Heisman. Let me get yours. If I told you you had to put money on one player from the SEC, you can have anybody, uh, to win the, on chances to win the Heisman this year, who would you put it on? Uh, one player in the SEC, I would go Najee Harris of Alabama. I'll stick right with the Crimson Tide. Um, a running back can catch the ball behind an offensive line that returns four starters, four guys who could play in the NFL, four guys who have uh, pretty much played their, um, you know, three, four years as a starter, that offensive line will be a bear. If Alabama wanted to go back to 2009-11-12 style of football where they line it up and run it at you, this is the offensive line to do it, and Najee Harris could do that at running back. Trey Sanders is going to be good. They've got depth at running back, but I think Najee showed you last year plays like he had against Michigan and South Carolina where he catches the ball, goes airborne, and can do a lot of things athletically out of the backfield. I think he can put up numbers not like Derrick Henry 
that won the Heisman, but more like what Mark Ingram did to win the Heisman. Jim, who in your mind has the best chance in the SEC of getting upset this weekend? I know there's a lot of big point spreads out there, but who most likely could get upset this weekend? Well, everybody points to Kentucky at Auburn, and I like Auburn to win that game, but here's why that could happen. Kentucky is really good on the offensive and defensive line, so they don't have a lot of question marks in the trenches. Auburn's got a ton of them on the offensive line, a totally reworked O-line. And you get into a game situation, which you were talking about Alabama and Missouri. Well, that's a great game for Alabama because you can you can throw what you think is going to be your guys out there, but if it's not working, you can adjust and probably still out-talent Missouri. Auburn's in a situation that if they have not built that offensive line correctly in some of their other positions, Kentucky's not a team you want to mess with. Low-scoring game, Kentucky will keep it tight. That's the potential for an upset. But I'm going to go way off the board for your pick here. I'm going to take Ole Miss. Wow. I'm going to take Ole, I'm going to take Ole Miss plus 14 and a half. I think I can get in safely with that bet against Florida. And I've got a gut feeling that with two quarterbacks and some skill position players like, like Mingo at wide receiver that could not get the ball last year because of the way the offense was designed, I believe Lane Kiffin is an offensive genius. I think Ole Miss makes that 11 o'clock kick very juicy in the powder blues, and I'm going to say Ole Miss over Florida when the day is done. They are such a wild card, Jim. You have no like I don't put anything past Lane, but like we don't know what the hell to expect out of them. <laughs> like I'm with you if he's playing two quarterbacks and keeping you off balance. We saw what Plumley did, you know, against LSU. You running all over last year, so I don't put anything past Lane. That guy, it would not surprise me if he beats one or two teams he's not supposed to this year. Yeah, and don't forget, Jerry Ely was good enough to LSU wanted him, Alabama wanted him, Georgia wanted him, and he went because he plays baseball too, went to Ole Miss, and he is a talented running back. They've got receivers and Elijah Moore and Mingo, uh, just enough talent that Lane can make it interesting. And, boy, there have been so many times in Dan Mullen's career that he has lost a big game. This would be a hard one right out of the gate. I can't wait to watch those two games at 11 o'clock. Last thing for you, Jim. I think I know where you're going in the West. Uh, who represents the East in Atlanta in the, in the SEC title game? I still love I'm taking Ole Miss and the upset over Florida. I'm still going with the best roster in the East, and that is Georgia. Uh, their defense is probably the best in the Southeastern Conference, one of the best in the country. And you tell me uh, who's going to score a lot of points in the East against Georgia. I think uh, Georgia has the talent that could beat Alabama. I think they're good enough to win the East again. I think it comes down to an Alabama-Georgia rematch in Atlanta, and boy, I hope we get there. Jim Dunaway, Jocks FM, Jocks Roundtable in Birmingham. Thanks so much for the time, Jim. We'll have to do this again soon. Thank you. Enjoy the season. He's Jim Dunaway, Jocks FM, the Jocks Roundtable in Birmingham, uh, covering the Alabama Crimson Tide and everything else in the state of Alabama and the SEC. That is just about going to do it for us here on the Locked On SEC podcast. Appreciate all you guys for uh, listening, and we will be back tomorrow. Real excited. We're going to catch up with Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Sports. We will preview the games this weekend with him, find out if he's putting any teams on upset alert. And a reminder to subscribe to our podcast. You can catch us five days a week. Chris Gordy here on the Locked On SEC podcast. And remember to check out our buddy Zach Blackerby, the Locked On Auburn podcast, as we continue getting you ready for week one. You guys have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.